1: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
3: Going on, guys. We're back at the King's Castle. I hope you're ready for the season because I'm sure he is. Let's do it. Flock Nation, baby.
2: Let's do it, Lamar. This is our castle right here. Good morning, football, everybody. I'm Kyle Brandt. That is Will Selva. He has never seen a Lord of the Rings movie. That is nine-year NFL veteran Darius Butler. He's never seen a Star Wars movie. And that is Tom Pelissero. He has never seen Titanic because all we're ever doing is watching ball. Let's get to the lead block, my friends. Let's have ourselves a Tuesday. It is mandatory mini camp blo- season, of course. <laughs> and Tom, we got big names, star quarterbacks, including the one we saw off the top, who are around but who want contracts. That is where you live, my friend, Lamar and Kyler. What do you got?
4: Let's right, Kyle. Two quarterbacks who have taken different approaches to their contract situations both did show up for the first day of their mandatory minicamp, even smiled in the photos that are ubiquitous at this time of year on the team's social media accounts. First off, it's Kyler Murray who wants a new contract now. He's entering the fourth year of his rookie deal, do about $5.5 million. Not expected to play on that if they can't get an extension done, but the Cardinals have time here, and Murray showing up, besides avoiding close to $100,000 in fines, is certainly a show of good faith. Meanwhile, with Lamar Jackson, he also showed up The Ravens have stood ready to do a contract extension with Lamar Jackson, but to this point, Jackson has not substantively engaged in negotiations. He is entering his fifth year option, due about $23 million in 2022, has made clear all along through his Twitter account that he does intend to be in Baltimore, as he reiterated in that video you just saw. Meanwhile, one franchise tag player who was not at OTAs last week, I'm told will be showing up. That is Cowboys tight end, Dalton Schultz, he has already signed his franchise tender. Was frustrated with the state of contract talks. I'm told those have increased in recent days. No deal imminent. The sides do have until July 15th to work out a, long, a long-term contract. If not, Schultz will be due about 10.9 million dollars on that franchise tender.
2: That's how you set the table, Tom. I saw Mike McCarthy said he is not worried about Dalton Schultz at this point, and I'm not worried too. As long as they show up and take those ubiquitous pictures with them holding the ball at the camera and stuff like that, means they're ready to play. Ball Or if they're dancing. Let's take a look at Lamar. You always have to hold up the ball. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, back to the Ravens. Uh, but it's interesting, guys, as we start the show here with a little bit of Ravens talk, if you look through the AFC North, if you just type that into the Google machine, you're going to get a lot of Bengals results. You're certainly going to get a lot of Browns results for all kinds of reason. But let's focus on the Ravens. Where do we stand with them right now as we're sitting here in June in a very crowded, very talented AFC? Darius, what do you think about the 2022 Baltimore Ravens? Where do you put them in this thing?
3: I think we get a nice bounce back year from Baltimore. They had a lot of ugly injuries. I can see them finishing right up in the top three and that, like you said, that stack, stack conference. I can okay. I'm mean, pick to win a division in the AFC North. Getting a lot of guys back on offense and defense. A lot of guys missed time last year. J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman started off the season, missing time. Marcus Peters on the defensive side of the ball. And they made a lot of additions in the offseason. The free agency, they went out and got one of the best free safeties and Marcus Williams available. Did phenomenal in the draft, got great value for Hollywood Brown. And when got Tyler Lindenbaum to show up that front, Travis Jones, uh, the second-day pick, could have been a first-rounder. Just did a great job in the draft in this offseason. I think they bounced back. Lamar Jackson will be phenomenal. Don't, don't forget, this was an MVP winner, unanimous, a few years ago. And he's playing for a lot of money this year. So uh, i like the Ravens to finish top three in that conference.
5: Darius, I agree with you there. They will finish high up in the AFC standings. As a matter of fact, do we remember those AFC standings following week 12? and where the Ravens stood, keeping in mind that the Ravens were dealing with a bunch of injuries before the season. Following week 12, look at the teams that they are ahead of. The Titans, who eventually got the number one seed, KC, Chargers, Bills, etc. Of course, by the end of the season, they were out of the playoffs, but they had to deal with more injuries. And of course, Lamar Jackson went down as well once Lamar Jackson gets back into the groove, and that offense becomes a little bit more run-oriented. That'll keep that defense fresh, which, by the way, will get back a couple of ball hawks in Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. They drafted well, as you showed us there, Darius, as well. The offensive line is improved. So yes, I do think that the Ravens can finish in the top five in the AFC for sure. Playoff contender. Are they a Super Bowl contender? That remains to be seen. But what's clear here, Tom, is this team has to be healthy to have a realistic shot of these lofty predictions that Darius and I have already put <laughs> on this franchise.
4: Will, I mention Lamar Jackson's unique approach to contract talks. He's his own agent. His mom is his advisor. And if the two of them want to make a very simple case whenever they do engage in contract negotiations, they probably should just show this the difference between the Ravens with Lamar and without Lamar in 2021. And now this is nothing against Snoop Huntley who played really well in relief, but Snoop is not a former NFL MVP. He does not take over games the way that Lamar Jackson does. And even though last season statistically was the worst season that Jackson has had in his three full seasons as a starter, we still saw him have those Lamar Jackson type of moments. So as they move forward here, you're hoping he's going to be able to stay healthy. That's a huge key. And frankly, it's always the fear when you've got quarterbacks who do a lot of damage with their legs that eventually there's going to be wear and tear. It wasn't a major issue injury Lamar Jackson had late in the season, but it was a bone bruise in his ankle that just didn't heal well. He was still in a walking boot in Week 18. We remember that viral video where he's running kind of on his heels, jogging across this completely brown field. Looks like he couldn't possibly even walk into the locker room, much less play. If he is healthy, Lamar Jackson remains one of the most dynamic players. The Ravens remain a very dangerous team, but that's going to be something that bears monitoring here just based upon the way the last season ended.
2: Well, they're always intriguing because of the unconvention of it all, Tom. What you're saying here with the contract status and his mother and representing himself just like coming out in the draft it was very unconventional with Lamar Also, we're all talking about a team. They lost six games in a row to end the season. It completely fell apart. The injuries took over, and they just didn't look like the Ravens. And yet, I have taken the liberty, as we asked the question of where they land in the AFC, to deliver you gentlemen some tiers. And I'd love your reaction for them. Not these kinds. I'm talking about T-I-E-R-S. Here's how I look at all the AFC teams. Tier number one, the 2022 bad dudes. These are bad dudes right here. We'll get to the Bengals in a second, because I just heard Darius already hand the division to the Ravens. Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. Next. These guys aren't in the bad dude division These are in the always matter Pats, Ravens, Steelers, Titans The coach, even with a change in quarterback For a couple of those teams Those teams are always going to be in the mix You always have to worry about them Next tier, we're going through the AFC After the always matter guys Let's find out Let's find out this year Most of the AFC West, including the Colts and the Dolphins. Some of these teams are going to bomb, guys. These are the teams we've spent the whole offseason talking about. Let's find out. And then lastly, the the group you maybe don't want to be in, the Be This Year's Bengals group. Jets, Jags, Texans, Browns, Bengals in the sense that we'd be shocked if one of these teams won the AFC like we were with the Bengals last year. That is the entire American football conference. Again, the Ravens are in that always matter division with John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Would it shock me if they won the AFC? Not really, especially if they were healthy. But Darius, we have to go back to you because we like you because you have experience and you have takes. Yep. And in the first 90 seconds of this program, <laughs> after a prolific, historic run to the Super Bowl, you took away the division title from the Cincinnati Bengals and just handed it to the Ravens, who last we saw were losing six games in a row. Why?
3: One thing that I know is yeah. how do you handle it? It's tough for young. guys, young teams to handle that type of success. The Bengals, they went on a magical run. The the playoff run was was amazing. Joe Burrow, young. I expect him to continue to get better, but that's a tough division. Obviously, the Browns improved greatly. The Ravens, like I said, retooled. They get healthy. I didn't even mention the piece they have in Kyle Hamilton. He's going to be so versatile, a guy who was good enough. A lot of people, in a lot of people's eyes, to go top five in this past draft they got him in a great spot as well. So, yeah, I got to give the Ravens a uh, hard ball. He's been there for so long. Lamar Jackson, he's special. He's playing a lot on the line for him. So, I just got to go with the Ravens this year.
2: I love a division pick in June. It's awesome. They did load up despite the beatdowns they took from Cincinnati <laughs> last year. And, guys, you would think if any team, if any franchise could use some real stability right now to get the ball rolling, it would probably be the Commanders. And yet, Tom Pelissero, Terry McLaurin, this young, excellent wide receiver, everybody seems to really like, is not there. What can you tell us about this?
4: Kyle Terry McLaurin not at Commander's <sighs> minicamp that opens up today as he continues to seek a new contract from the team. McLaurin's in a similar position to the other minicamp holdout, DK Metcalf, in that they were both picks in 2019, entering year four, and because they were not first-round picks, they don't have fifth-year options on their contracts. So they are in low-paying contract years right now with McLaurin he obviously has outplayed his draft status as a third round pick 222 catches for 3090 yards and 16 touchdowns this now also raises the question if there's not progress toward a deal prior to training camp is McLaurin also willing to continue sitting out at a time that there are financial ramifications, fines, and otherwise. You look at this, this is one of the truly positive
2: things that are going on with the Commanders right now. A guy, like you said, Tom, they nailed their third-round pick. They have an excellent player who never says anything and will catch balls from any quarterback they put out there, and yet here we are, Darius. He's not there. We don't know what the future is in terms of the franchise and paying him or not.
3: When you hear this, as Tom lays it out, what do you think, Darius? It's the Washington Commander, so it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense at the same time. This guy's done everything right from the beginning. If you look at the market, the market that's been set for the wide receivers that's been getting paid this offseason, I mean, he wants more money, rightfully so. He's done everything the right way since coming into the league. He's a great guy to build your culture around, which obviously this team needs. And this is me again. I'm making a pitch for a big time wide receiver to move down to Indy. Look, give him the money. We have the money in Indy. Jim Ursay said earlier this off season, we're all in this year. We already opened up the trade window. we we'll are giving you Carson Wentz. We gave you a quarterback. You know, just send us back Terry. You drafted a rookie out of Penn State, Dotson, to replace him. Uh, he would be a great guy, a great weapon for Matt Ryan to have. I know I asked for OBJ yesterday, but today I'm asking to bring Terry home. Washington clearly doesn't want him. They don't want him to pay him his money. He's holding out and, and giving up money not being there, so he's obviously serious about wanting out. So uh, bring him down here, Indy. We need him.
5: The Colts is a great call. At least now, they have Matt Ryan there at center, so they have more stability at quarterback, where right now he clearly is seeking that stability in the QB position. Yes, Carson Wentz is there, but this is essentially his last stand. It's one more year. And so if you're Terry McLaurin, you're looking at this, oh boy, here we go again. Look at the list of quarterbacks that he has played for since 2019. Kyle Allen, the late Dwayne Haskins, Garrett Gilbert, Taylor Heineke, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Alex Smith, and yes, Logan Thomas as well. So there have been quite a few quarterbacks. So the frustration obviously evident for him. Not only does he want to get paid, but he does want some stability. And he's also a leader as well. Commanders receiving yard leaders over the last three seasons, Terry McLaurin far and away the offense for Washington there. And I mentioned him being a leader, Washington needs someone like him to be the face of the franchise. Washington has found itself in a lot of these uncompromising positions of late over the last few years, and having them there as their wide receiver, as their face of the franchise would be critical. I just don't know if they could bring him in there and convince him that the future is going to be bright at the quarterback position with Carson Wentz, because as we mentioned, he has one year to prove himself here. And at this point in time, we saw what happened Indianapolis and in Philadelphia. And for Washington, they're hoping that they get the version of Carson Wentz that was in Philly following his rookie year, Kyle.
2: I agree and maybe they will or maybe they won't but they already have their own homegrown talent right here and for a team that often makes mistakes and missteps and whatnot, this is just something that would be universally applauded you gave Terry McLaurin his money great dude, great pick, great player he is your guy, there is no one who would question that, I don't think there's anyone saying hold on we need to see more McLaurin, no it's exactly what you hope for, this draft pick worked out and yet as I say here saying they should do that I'm doing what Darius is doing, I'm going shopping for them, I'm telling you a different team and will, all the quarterbacks you listed that he's played with. I have one who is a former teammate of his that is not on your list, and it's Justin Fields. Bears break the huddle week one. Fields, Montgomery, McLaurin, Mooney, Pringle, Komet. Now we're playing. Now maybe we can make a run at this division. Now Fields makes a jump. Now he's got a guy, a former Buckeye, who he can grow old with and grow into the pro bowler. I like this move. And I tried the same thing, Darius, when it was DK. I said, Chicago, just call Seattle. Just see what they're thinking. See what they want to hear from you. And I understand that the Bears are being frugal, and they're just trying to be very conservative with all those things, and they're reset, and I get it. But, God, he's a really good player, and he's sitting there, and he likes your quarterback and has a history with them. Tom, what is the likelihood or probability that the Washington Commanders would actually move Terry McLaurin?
4: Never say never on anything, Kyle, but I think that one thing, even though we've seen, yes, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill get traded, we've seen other receivers who have been unhappy in one regard or another who have not been. San Francisco has dug in to this point on Debo Samuel, refused to move him for what they were offered prior to the draft. The Seahawks have been offered high draft picks for DK Metcalf. They have not decided to move him. The commanders not only have McLaurin under contract for this year, they can tag him, they can tag him again. They've really got three years of team control here. Now, obviously, nobody wants it to get to that point, but it's complicated because of where the numbers are going in terms of the money on the wide receiver contracts. Now, every receiver who is coming up wants 23 $24, 25000000 million Per year. Absolutely, with everything going on with the Commanders, this would seem like a no-brainer, feel-good type of a move. But you saw that graphic with the top uh, receiving yards of their players in recent years. Number two on that list, maybe their second best offensive player behind McLaurin is J.D. McKissick, who they didn't even make an offer to until he accepted an offer from Buffalo. Then they started calling him going, whoa, 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 we actually want you to come back. That's just kind of how the Commanders have operated here. And if they wait too long on McLaurin, you get to a point where the receiver market continues to go up the player gets more and more frustrated you don't end up getting a bargain by waiting and so we'll see how much they're willing to move here in the month or so leading up to training camp it is the moment of truth for his career for our show we're going to make football right after this
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring
2: Guys, we have some uh, important good morning football business to attend to at Tom Pellicero. Yesterday, you remember that Tom admitted to us that he has never seen the original Top Gun film. It's 36 years old. He has never seen it. And last night, sure enough, I have been told, per sources, that Tom watched the film for the first time. Tom,
4: what did you wow. think of Top Gun? I texted Kyle a screen grab during the opening credits, and he texted back, OMG, I can hear that photo. I will say, for a movie that is 36 years old, it holds up pretty well. The flight scenes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are excellent. The soundtrack is obviously great. I cannot believe the movie is rated PG based on certain scenes that are in the movie. I don't think that Tom Cruise at this point would be following a character he just met into the whip bathroom in a movie that's made now that might be frowned upon so there's definitely things you can pick out through the course of the film but it does motivate me to go see the new one and if i get the opportunity i'll probably end up doing. there you go now we just need darius
2: to go see any star wars movie ever but not yet let's get back to the lead block guys Great review, Tom. I don't know how it was PG, especially with those beautifully silhouetted love scenes that Tony Scott let's, uh, Tom, how do we segue from Kenny Loggins' <laughs> volleyball to mandatory mini-cans? We're just going to do it. Big names, big quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, I think, about the same height as Tom Cruise, and yet Tom Cruise could still spike it over the net in beach volleyball like he's Karch Karai, and yet we all bought it. Guys, let's stick with the NFC West because it's just as fascinating as Miramar and the Top Gun Academy. Look at this. Rams win the Super Bowl. The NFC West gave us three playoff teams, and then they started cannibalizing each other. The Rams beat the Cardinals and the Niners in their own division on the way to that Super Bowl. But hold on a second. Pertaining to the Niners, let's flash back to that title game. Because the Kyle Shanahan 49ers were up 10 points in this game. They had it. And they suffered this fourth quarter collapse capped off by a Jimmy Garoppolo interception. You had a drop, and we remember some of these plays at the end, it was you just were trying to will them to it if you were a Niners fan, but Big Bag 99 took over and that was a wrap. Let's look ahead to the NFC West because so much attention is on the AFC West, and yet again, that, the NFC West division gave us three playoff teams, specifically about the Niners. When we get to picking divisions, How do the Niners fit into this? How do you feel about the 2022 San Francisco 49ers as we sit here in June?
5: Kyle, this is a target-rich environment. And so right now, looking (laughs) at it from the 49ers' perspective, I would say we're at a six. Yes, Trey Lance is a question mark. We don't know what he is going to be. We've just had a small sample size. They gave up a lot to give him. I'm telling you all the things that you know. But what is clear here is that this was a controversial choice at the time and still is. There's this perfect storm of pressure and expectations on him. And this could either make or break the careers of John Lynch and or Kyle Shanahan and how this franchise is going to be perceived in the coming years. And they still have Jimmy G. And then there's also the Mike McDaniel factor in all this. He's gone. He's now the head coach at Miami. And we, ch- we definitely need to talk more Dolphins on this program. I feel like we haven't. Yep. But Mike McDaniel has worked well with all of these quarterbacks in the past. Doesn't matter who it is. C.J. Beathard, you throw out there. He was a quarterback whisperer. And then on top of that, you also have an offensive line that's undergoing some changes as we saw Alex Mack retire and Lakin Tomlinson go to the Jets. So there is a lot of expectations. Just this big amount of buildup for this season. And you just hope that trey lance can come through and actually prove the faith that kyle shanahan and john lynch had in him
3: it's a lot riding on trey lance's performance this year and i think he'll Mm -hmm. struggle early on but if you went six out of ten i'm gonna go four out of ten i'm a little bit less because i do think he'll struggle early young player unknown commodity right now the quarterback position in nfl and you got Debo, who we all know said earlier in the offseason I don't want to play wide back anymore. So now we got a new role for Debo, which would be exclusively wide receiver, I'm assuming, with the new young quarterback. You're moving on from Jimmy G, who doesn't have the same ceiling that Trey Lance has, but he was 31 and 14, I believe, as a starter. Some drives, Week 18, when he played against that, Ram- that same Rams team, he drove the ball down the field in a two-minute drive to win that game. You know what you're getting out of Jimmy G. He's going to give you that one or two bonehead plays a game. But you knew what you had there at least. Now going into a season, you don't know what you really have at quarterback. You'll find out this year. And then Debo, the contract situation with Debo. Is he going to be happy? How is he going to be utilized? A lot of questions there. So I'm at about a four out of ten with San Francisco going into the season.
4: Trey Lance has a lot of ability. Everything that I've heard is behind the scenes. He was great last year in terms of his approach. He picked up the offense quickly. He's got a strong work ethic, high character. Everybody likes him. The two things he's not proven to be are durable because he had multiple injuries despite playing sparingly last season. and accuracy. He's just not proven that he can be an accurate quarterback, which was one of the knocks on him, or at least the questions, coming out of North Dakota State. You watch him miss some passes. Even some of those completions we showed earlier, the one to a wide-open Debo, his ball placement is not always great. So, Can you improve? Josh Allen certainly has improved over the course of his career. That's kind of the template at this point. There's also a lot that Kyle Shanahan and company can do in terms of the run game, in terms of how they use Trey Lance to kind of make things a little bit easy for him while they work on some of those things. But his ability to throw an accurate ball is going to be a huge deal for that team because you look through the course of Kyle Shanahan's career, he's had guys who didn't necessarily have plus arm talent or plus overall skills, but whether it's a Matt Schaub or Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo, they're all pretty accurate passers. That's not to say Trey Lance can't become that. And he brings a lot of other elements to the table, which is why the 49ers ultimately went with Lance as a projection instead of the sure thing in Mac Jones.
2: It is insane, though, if what you're talking about there, Tom. If you go to the to the Trey Lance origin story in the 2021 NFL draft, the positive way to say it was bold, what the Niners did. The negative way would be it was a crazy. You're cruising along. Your team matters every single year. You've got Jimmy for all his faults. He's there. And you decide to trade way the hell up and not even really know who you're getting. It could have been Fields. It could have been Lance. It could have been Mac Jones. They go with the biggest wild card of all of them. Meanwhile... They're also maybe trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Just this crazy way he entered the league, and we haven't seen him since. Put it this way, if Trey Lance, if they never took him, and they just stood pat with that draft pick, and it was Jimmy this year and Jimmy the next year, I think a lot of people would have the Niners in the playoffs. And probably a lot of people would pick him to win the NFC because they we know that formula, and it works. Now, I have no idea. Nobody does. When I hear about inaccuracy and injury stuff, it makes me really, really nervous. Should they have just stood pat with Jimmy? Now, the thing we're not talking about is that the allure of Lance wasn't just his talent, it was the cost. It was the, we gotta pay Nick Bosa, and we gotta pay Debo, so let's save a ton of money by getting a cheap rookie and maybe moving on from Jimmy. And yet we still haven't paid Debo and Bosa. So if and when that happens, God willing, we see those contracts, that is also a byproduct of getting Trey Lance. But if somehow this thing explodes with Debo and he leaves, well, then why did we draft this young cheap guy anyway if we're letting Debo get away? Tom, quickly, do you have any feeling for the state of the Debo contracts? What's going on with the Niners at all? Because Jimmy's still on the team, too. How are they going to resolve all of this with the money and the big stars, the old quarterback, the young quarterback? Like,
4: this is kind of a fine mess the fact that Debo Samuel showed up to mandatory minicamp, even though he's working on the side, not on the field, was significant. That means something, because it at least means that Debo Samuel is open-minded about the possibility of returning to San Francisco. Because remember, this was driven by Debo. He made a trade request in early April. The 49ers were willing to work toward a long-term contract. Debo said, don't bother. I don't want to be here. A couple of months later, facing the prospect of fines, facing also the reality that you've got a team that doesn't want to let him go, and much like some of the other players we're talking about. He's under contract for this year. You can tag him. You can tag him again. You can turn this into a multi-year fight if you want to. There's only two other players in the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch era who've requested trades. It's Robbie Gould and Raheem Mostert. Both those guys ended up back with the 49ers, re-signed. Debo's an entirely different stratosphere as a player and in terms of the contract. But as of now, it certainly appears, especially since you're after the draft, you can't get picks this year to help you. The scales are tipping toward Debo being more likely to be in San Francisco, at least for 2022.
5: Broncos running back, Javante Williams, appears to be the future of the Broncos' running game. And I'm sure Kyle thinks that Javante will get a few more scepters for his angry runs. But his backfield mates, he certainly has something to say about that. He's not going quietly into that good night. Of course, I'm talking about Melvin Gordon, who signed a one-year deal in late April remain in Denver isn't content to just be the backup to Williams. No, no, Gordon saying he told Broncos general manager George Payton he's not going to lay down in training camp or in season for that matter when it comes to competing for carries. Gordon and Williams finishing the 2021 season with 203 carries each, with Gordon leading the way with eight touchdowns compared to four for Williams. Staying in Denver now, where this past weekend, the Broncos, along with local politicians, partnered with Raw Tools to host a gun buyback event. This was the fourth of eight buyback events scheduled from March through October. Raw Tools is a gun violence prevention organization selected by Broncos players through the team's Social Justice Fund with the mission to disarm hearts, forge peace and cultivate justice. And yesterday, we brought you the story of A.J. Brown responding to a post on social media where he said he was the best receiver to play for the Titans franchise. Well, that didn't sit well with one former Titan, that being Derek Mason. He weighed in on the debate, telling A to Z Sports Nashville, quote, I had four 1,000 plus yard seasons and missed only six games, but people deal in revisionist history. This isn't a debate. Mason taking to Twitter, in fact, himself as well, saying, quote, man, can an old guy just go to Home Depot and get filters without being brought into some delusional tweet? All right, after Dalton Schultz skipped the final week of voluntary workouts in hopes of signing a new long-term contract, our Tom Palacero, Tom P, reporting this morning that Schultz will be at Cowboys' mandatory minicamp today. No deal imminent, but... Contract talks have picked up in recent days, according to Tom. And Schultz hauled in the third most receiving yards for the Cowboys last season behind C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. So guys, which offseason storyline are you not worried about at all? Tom, since I cited you twice, what is one that you say, eh, it's really no big deal?
4: I would say the storyline that I'm not concerned about is... Aaron Rodgers repeatedly talking about how he's close to the end. And that's not to say that he's not close to the end. It's that we know we're well aware. So when he goes on the match and says, Well, I think about retirement all the time. When you commit, you're 100 percent but the older you get, the interest change and the grind, I think, wears you on, on you a little more. This is the spot that he's been in. And he's still gone out the past two years and won the NFL MVP. I am in no way saying that Aaron Rodgers should not muse about what's on his mind. I think that's been one of the great things, for better or worse at times, about Aaron Rodgers in the past couple of years is he's been so open about everything going on with him that you felt like you're learning a lot about kind of the way that his brain works. But to the extent that every time that he says, well, he thinks about retirement all the time, what's that going to mean for how he plays? The answer, if you go back the past couple of years, is probably nothing. And he just signed a new contract that guarantees him $42 million this year. $59 million in change in 2023. He could still choose to walk away after the season, but it certainly seems like they're banking on a two-year window right now with Aaron Rodgers. and Even with Devontae Adams gone, they still feel like they've got a path forward with a really good quarterback whose mind, when he's in the building, is going to be 100% on winning a third straight MVP Darius.
3: The storyline I'm not worried about maybe I should be but the Patriots not having an offensive coordinator obviously losing Josh McDaniels uh to the Las Vegas Raiders becoming the head coach out there you have Matt Patricia, Matty P and Joe Judge reportedly probably calling the plays uh for the offense this year Joe Judge who we all remember that play coming out of his own end zone, taking that knee. But I'm st- I'm still not worried about this guy potentially calling plays because Bill Belichick is still there. And I can't be worried about any coaching decisions when Bill Belichick is still on that sideline. And Mac Jones. Guys heralded his ability, his, his, how smart he was at the line of scrimmage, how good he is as a rookie. And I think he'll continue to grow. And Belichick knows more football than probably all the other coaches combined. So I'm not worried about that storyline at all.
2: Short of being a a Patriots beat writer or insider who has to report on those things, it just does absolutely nothing to blow my hair back whatsoever. You see Belichick and you say they'll figure it out. And I also have a similar sentiment for this. You guys know on this show, I don't have too many guardrails that I abide by, but one of the ones that I will never drive through ever is any consistent doubt of the Pittsburgh Steelers. My storyline is just that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the uncertainty now and they're not gonna be able to win and they lost their Hall of Fame quarterback, Roethlisberger, and they're in transition for the first time in feels like 20 years. Don't really care. It looks like it'll be Mitch Trubisky. Maybe it'll be Kenny Pickett at some point. Whoever it is, the Steelers will win. That's what they do. That's what Mike Tomlin does. They were on the doorstep of the playoffs with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. They were in the playoffs with 2021 Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger was not himself. He was not even close to himself and they're still in the playoffs. It's just kind of what they do. And if you want to look at Mitch Trubisky, fine, and you want to joke about the MVP, Nickelodeon this, that's fine, go ahead and do what you do. He has a better record as a starter in this league than Deshaun Watson and um, I just know this come on the air and say Pittsburgh's going to take a dip and they're going to go 7-10 and 10 this year, 6-11. It won't happen. I have blind faith in the Mike Tomlin experience, that defense, and whoever they have a quarterback that they will win games and they will matter. They always do will.
5: Remember like two or three months ago we thought the situation the desert was going to go nuclear with Kyler Murray's contract, but lo and behold he is there for mandatory mandatory workouts. He's also been in the facility working out. Uh, in Colonel's Gym, Steve Kime has said Murray is their future He said they'll be able to get something done this summer. And Murray himself has said Arizona is home and he wants to win Super Bowls there. He's obviously a physically gifted quarterback and there is no alternative better than Kyler Murray. Yes, they need to do something about those late season fades and uh, the performance in the playoffs. But those are other things for another day. God bless you. So for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, I think that's an offseason storyline that we should not bother to be worried about. About. Here's a
2: question Who do you think is a better golfer, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Who do you think is a better quarterback, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? We'll debate right after this. Good morning, football. Coming up.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
2: Kyler and Lamar, both first round picks. One has an MVP, the other has MVP talent. So let's put them against each other, my friends. We have a few different categories. Lamar or Kyler. Starting off, both in the AFC North and the NFC West, both of their divisions, Lamar and Kyler, sent a team to the Super Bowl last year. So the first question of these two, which of them is more likely or has a better shot to win their division? Selva,
5: start with you. I think that Lamar has the best chance of winning the division. It's going to be tight, don't get me wrong, but you have to wonder how the Bengals are going to respond one year removed from being in the Super Bowl. Then there are the Browns. They have talent there in Cleveland, but the question is, who is going to be under center? Yes, Deshaun Watson is the guy who's there now, but he's facing those civil suits. So that has to be resolved. And then when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and their quarterback situation, where do they go from Big Ben? I know Big Ben toward the end was a shove of himself. But at this point in time, I think Lamar is in the best place, especially if they are healthy on both sides of the ball. Darius.
3: Question marks for two of the teams (laughs) at quarterback in both of these divisions. NFC West, you got the Seahawks um, with question marks, and then the 49ers we talked about earlier. But I came out of the gate picking the Ravens to win a division. Obviously, I got to stay with them. He wins the division this year. He has a better chance winning out there in the AFC North. My biggest question
4: when it comes to Kyler Murray, besides the contract situation, which let's make very clear, you cannot put to bed that situation unless and until Murray ends up getting that long-term deal, but it's also about the absence of DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games of the season because of a suspension. Hopkins, of course, missed the tail end of last season, and the difference was stark, not just for Kyler Murray, but the rest of that Cardinals team. You look at the numbers, it's not even close. The production fell off, but overall, as a team, They did not play as well down the stretch. Can you get off to a hot start, which has been a hallmark of the Cliff Kingsbury era? You start fast, then down the stretch, they've hit some bumps along the road here. Can you still do that without one of the game's most dynamic talents? They've, of course, invested a lot of resources in that wide receiver position. Christian Kirk, though, also no longer a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Got a huge deal with the Jaguars. Kyler Murray, again, assuming that he is the quarterback in Week 1 in the early portion of the season, not going to have his top wide receiver, and that's going to make it that much harder in a really challenging division.
2: Well, I think that looms large here, Tom, and I think we all need a, a full cleanse of the Kyler Murray playoff experience last year, which was really brutal before we can start saying that they're going to win the division and take on the Rams. So we have a, essentially a clean sweep here. So let's move to the second question of Lamar or Kyler. Let me give you a scenario, and we'll will start with you again. Your team is down five points. You have the ball on your own 25 with a minute 10 to go and no timeouts. Who would you rather have as your quarterback in your huddle, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? What do you think? Selva.
5: It is Lamar for me because we've seen it from him. He's shown it to us. He beat the Titans in the playoffs. Who could forget that poop trot game there against Cleveland? Remember, he went to the bathroom. McSorley goes down to injury, throws that touchdown, and then (laughs) guess what? They have to then drive back down the field and win. So he has been in these situations. He's actually clutched up. And unless Kyler Murray is throwing a Hail Mary – I'm not seeing the same sort of clutchness out of him that I see out of Lamar. So if he's my guy, he's more vocal in that huddle. Hey, guys, you'll never believe what just happened in the bathroom. Touchdown, Ravens! So, yes, I'm going with Lamar
3: all day on this one. My first thought would be Kyler because he's a better natural thrower, but Lamar, he's a magician. I saw him, unfortunately, do it to my coach last year, down multiple touchdowns in the second half. He just makes it happen. So I would have to go with Lamar. He's led this league in passing touchdowns already once in his career. So give me Lamar in my huddle in a two-minute drive to win it or a four-minute drive to close out a victory with their running offense. So I'm going with Lamar.
4: If you just look at this objectively, they've started almost the exact same number of games, 49 for Lamar, 46 for Kyler. They've got almost the exact same number of game-winning drives, seven for Kyler and eight for Lamar. It's a toss-up because they're going to try to beat you in different ways. Yes, they both can obviously use their legs as a weapon, but we've seen Kyler in terms of the way that he throws the football. It's a little bit different than how Lamar and that passing offense work. You're going to do a lot of the damage with the wide receivers in Arizona. In Baltimore, it's going to be a lot that. goes with the tight ends, as well as Lamar just being an absolute pure playmaker. If you have to give the nod to one person or the other, Lamar is the former NFL MVP. We've seen him do it for a longer period of time, though it should bear mentioning here that Kyler Murray, if you look at his three seasons, the way that that team has improved from being a two-win team before he got there to the incremental improvement getting into the playoffs a year ago. I know, Kyle, the playoff game was bad but it's a matter of whether or not you can translate what we've seen from the best of Kyler Murray do it on a more regular basis. Through two questions,
2: we have a full unanimous vote across the board for Lamar. So guys, we learned a lot, and uh, we think Lamar's probably a better quarterback with a better chance to win the division, but Kyler, the better athlete, and nobody the better show. Will, Tom, we'll see each other in
5: LA. You ready to rock, Will? Yes. Let's do it, baby. I'm in. Let's go. Appreciate the Car's waiting outside. I got to go. We got to go. Wrap it up.
0: Go. 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 Me too. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air?
5: For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning.